Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's just imagine that Steve Armitage is hosting the broadcast tonight. How would that go, Mike? Oh, thanks, Mark. It's going to be a great series as the Calgary Flames, a fabulous city, up against Edmonton. Edmonton, germs, disease, sweatpants with good shoes. Don't, don't bring the hate on Rod. This is all on this end, folks. Be mad at this guy. This is the Rod Peterson Show. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans. In the United States and around the world, it's the RP Show. For a lot of you, it's your Monday. It's our Tuesday. And for another day, we're broadcasting live from the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons, live from beautiful Estevan, Saskatchewan. So happy to be here on day seven of the National Canadian Junior A Hockey Championship. But we're going to talk about all sports over the next two hours with some very special guests, including our co-host, the lovely and talented Darren Moose DuPont. And there might be a story there as we bring in the Moose as to who the guests will be. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing great. Good. I love being in a hockey ring. Did I say that once or twice? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Imagine a, just imagine a hockey tournament, but a high-level hockey tournament. With all-you-can-eat pizza and donuts oh. and Tim Horton's coffee. If you think it's heaven, you'd be right. Right? Uh, yeah, this has been unbelievable. And I know like, it's so early in our stay here still. Yeah. Maybe getting to the halfway point here soon. But everybody's treating us so well, and that's been amazing. Yeah, so in this opening segment, the warm-up, as we call it, where we cover all the Quick 6 show topics, and maybe it'll span two segments. We'll get That's what we do on Daytime Sports Talk here on the Game Plus Television Network across all 10 provinces and 31 U.S. states. I had Alan May's name written down here, the Washington Capitals analyst and the star of CBS Sports. But I understand you guys had a late night, and I did not want to disturb Alan May. You have to. It's your job. But Alan May's changed his flight now, and he's not going back to Texas. He's staying in Estevan for a few more days because it's so darn much fun. So I've just put a line through Alan May's name. If he wants to come down here and talk hockey with us, he can. But I know that the president of the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Brent Ladd, is going to be with us in hour one, and the head coach and general manager of the Estevan Bruins, the host Estevan Bruins, Jason Tatarnik. They did a Hulk Hogan leg on the bottom rope. <laughs> They're coming back to life last night. They won 6-2 over the Red Lake Miners right here, and they got life. So there's a chance that they will make the playoffs. They did a Hulk Hogan. They did a Hulk Hogan. Yeah, exactly so, I, so I love it. So that, that's the Junior A story. But, Director Jordan, can you please hit the quick six show horn and uh, let's talk about what everything else is going on in the world of sports. And I will get to your your good mornings and your thank yous and your all the rest uh, in a minute. But let's start with point one, and it's the Stanley Cup playoffs from last night. Nazem Kadri scored three goals, including two during a four-goal second-period barrage. And the Colorado Avalanche beat the St. Louis Blues 6-3 last night to take a 3-1 series lead. I'm not going to spend as much time on this as we probably should. Kadri's outburst came after he received racist death threats on social media following a first-period collision with Blues goalie Jordan Bennington in Game 3 Saturday night. But you see that Kadri signaled the crowd last night. He did his talking on the ice. I know a lot of people don't like him. 
the, what is race is, it's his style of play people don't like more than anything as far as hockey fans. But as far as his race goes, I'm just a Kadri fan for all of how he's handled this. He did his talking on the ice. He said, I've been dealing with this for years. Yeah. He just kind of dismissed it. No different than Ethan Bear and stuff he's gone through. And I'm just proud of Nazem Kadri. Answered the bell last night. I've always been a fan, not just because I'm a Leaf fan, but yeah, you know, I've been a fan of Nazem's. He has a little bit of an arrogant attitude or a way about him, and I think that maybe rubs people the wrong way. But you know, he plays with an edge. He was a very, very good defender, and I go back to the Leaf times. He was really good at, at uh, playing one-on-one with Connor McDavid defensively. Gave him fits. I'm interested oh, yeah. if Edmonton gets through. That would be a cool matchup. But you're right; he's handling it well, and. Uh, when you talk and you and you play like that, you got to show up on the ice, and he's done that. Yeah, he answered the bell. That's all you can ask. So we move on to point two. Goalie Andre Vasilevsky made 49 saves, and the host Tampa Bay Lightning completed a four-game sweep of the Florida Panthers with a 2-0 victory Monday night that sends the two-time Stanley Cup defending champions to the Eastern Conference Final for the sixth time in eight years. The last team to do that is Colorado to go to a conference final six times in eight years. They did it in the 90s. Patrick Maroon and Andre Palat scored third-period goals for the Bolts. The high-scoring Panthers were limited to just three goals in four games in the Battle of Florida. So the question is, which we're not going to get into today, maybe another time, where does this leave the Florida Panthers? Are they going to be in three years where the Tampa Bay Lightning are now? Probably. A lot of people here last night in the suites are saying, Rod, did you see a sweep coming? I said, no, I had the Panthers winning in seven, but they played immaturely. We've talked about it. I don't really want to talk about it. I've got Lightning fans that are trolling me on Facebook, and I said, hey, I'll cheer for the Lightning now and maybe head to Tampa. I don't know. We're picking up the pieces in the aftermath. I don't know. Living one day at a time. It's disappointing because I've been following the Florida Panthers since day one and was expecting, don't you know, a very long Stanley Cup playoff run here. Yeah. So they're good. They're a good team, but they're kids. And if they got caught in a strip club till 3 a.m. Sunday night in Tampa Bay, as was the report, the Florida Panthers, boys will be boys. They say teams that party together win together. They played but, pretty good last yes. night. Yes. You know, they outshot Tampa 2-1. to one. Um, This is the, like the highest scoring team in the NHL, and this is the first time all year that they got shut out, right? Uh, and didn't get on the board. So Vasilevsky is, is great. And what Tampa does is they let you play, and they just never panic. Tampa never panics. And when it's not going your way and you're out shooting them 2-1, 30-15, to and 44-22, and whatever they were, you start gripping the sticks when it's not going in, and Tampa stays calm. And when they get a chance, they bury. And that happens. That's last night's games. Um, did, we, did we come up with a poll question? I want to, before we move on to the CFL, what's going on there, we haven't, have we? So Moose is going to tweet the poll right now. And the question is, who wins game four of the Battle of Alberta tonight? Okay, let's just get into it and spend a minute on it before we get to the CFL stuff, which incidentally, we're the only daytime sports time uh, sports talk show in Canada talking about the CFL at all. So we'll give them a minute in a minute. But frankly, what I care about the most is the Battle of Alberta. Game four tonight, Flames at Oilers. And... Not like we didn't kick it around enough with Alan May yesterday, but does the momentum from Game 3 carry over into Game 4? I don't think so, because look at the momentum the Flames had in Game 1, a 9-6 victory over the uh, Oilers in the Saddle Dome. Certainly didn't carry over into Game 2. As a matter of fact, the Flames are trailing in the series now. There's been a lot of talk. You see Matthew Kachuk saying, well, we've been beaten by one guy the last two games. Yeah, but it's been different guys, Matthew. It's not just Connor McDavid. Evander Kane beat you in Game 3, so... 
are we seeing the Calgary Flames unravel a little bit in this series? I'm going, well, I'm going to save my vote for who I think will win tonight till later on. We're going to do a Lee Corso-worthy prediction of who's going to win game four tonight of the Battle of Alberta Flames or Oilers. And that is the poll question. You clearly just tweeted it. I tweeted it, so I hope I didn't yeah. make any mistakes. Clark will add that to the YouTube feed. I want you to vote on who you think will win, and you can put it in the chat section as well. Before we move on, Jeff Foxworthy, the largest selling comedy recording artist in history, a multiple Grammy Award nominee and best-selling author of more than 26 books, brings his brand new The Good Old Days Tour to Calgary this Saturday night at the Great Eagle Event Center. Jeff Foxworthy, are you smarter than a fifth grader? You might be a redneck. Spokesperson for the Golden Corral. That's right. I worship the man. Jeff Foxworthy coming to Calgary's Great Eagle Saturday night. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.ca. We do have to talk about the... Uh, I just registered my vote in the YouTube poll. I ask everybody to do the same thing. I can't quite get to your comments yet because it's us time. So last night we're at the game watching the Estevan Bruins beat the Red Lake Ontario Miners 6-2 in the round robin and my phone notification goes off from TSN and says CFL players vote down, vote no to the owner's collective bargaining agreement proposal, the ratification vote. I was sitting with some hockey people, one being Melody Pearson, and I said, looks like the CFL's going on strike again. She looked at me just stone-faced. What? I was on Hamilton Radio this morning, CHML, talking about this with the great Rick Zamprin, Rico. I'll be on Global Toronto tomorrow morning talking about the CFL labor disruption. I sent some text messages out to some people in the league and some, some uh, agents. I'm looking at where, where it is here. Their response, the CFL PA needs to all resign, is what one agent said. This just looks... It just looks unprofessional. And now I'm getting reports that out in Montreal today, the Alouettes are on the field. The Blue Bombers and Rough Riders have sent out news releases saying their practices are a go, even though the players voted down this agreement. When the, when the other agent said to me on the weekend, it doesn't look like either side knows what they're doing, I think he might have got that right. I think he might have had that right. And I know that there was some people who said, hey, just because this has been agreed upon in principle, it's not rubber stamped yet, it still has to go to a vote. There's a chance it could get voted down. So we were kind of aware this might happen. But we didn't really think it would. But it getting voted down was not the PA going putting out another strike mandate. It was just it's got voted down. Now they have to decide what's the next move. If we vote this down, are we going back to the table? Are we going back on strike? Why did it get voted down? What were the key issues? They've got to figure that out now. And now all of a sudden, are preseason games in jeopardy again? Are we back to that? Where we might not play on next week? So there's a lot of questions to be... There's more questions than answers right now. I see the insiders like Dave Naylor from TSN describing this as chaos. Farhan Lalji of TSN out of Vancouver saying similar things. Tim Baines, who's one of the greatest writers in the CFL, he's at Ottawa, Ottawa Sun. He ripped the players last night on Twitter, and today he's backtracking and apologizing. The chairman of the Red Blacks is coming out, Mark Goody, Gowdy, saying, can we all take a breath? This is too toxic. I'm like... It is chaos. Naylor had it right. 
and it looks terrible because they don't know if there's going to be preseason games. Like, they don't. And where's the commissioner in all of this? Where, where's the leader? It would be nice if one person would stand up and say, this is what we're doing. Or as another CFL forefather said to me the other day, Jake Goodar would go back and forth between the two sides. Randy Ambrosi has clearly planted his flag on the owner's side, and it's pissed off the players, and the fans are mad at the players. And I, what Darren and I were talking about this before we went to the air. The longer and longer that I get out of the CFL where, in terms of full-time employment, I see it the way everybody else sees it. But when you're in the vacuum, you don't see it. You don't. You no. think you're the most important thing, and the world can't revolve without us. And you start to realize, no, fans have, uh, what do you call it, discernible income, or what do you call it, discretionary uh, spending. Yeah. They're going to spend their money elsewhere. It looks Bush League. It looks unprofessional. And I can't think that there would anybody would change my mind on that. It just looks bad on everybody. Yeah. We thought we had an agreement that was going to be good for the league, good for the players, was going to bridge the gap, get some growth, help us get out of the, you know, the dark times from COVID for the next seven years, and everybody was going to be happy again. And then we find out, no, some people, a large group of the players, aren't happy with it. So, What do you even have player reps for if they're going to agree verbally and then encourage the players to vote against it? Again, it doesn't look like they know what they're doing, and that is supposed to be people in a leadership position. So I'm kind of I'm disgusted with the entire thing. It just looks bad. This is supposed to be a professional sports league. <clears throat> and that's all. I'm not going to rant on it. It's two weeks ago I said, get your spit together. Yeah. It's gotten worse. So I'm not going to rant on it, but if I did, it'd be brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, the preferred plumbing, heating, and cooling company of the RP Show. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbing.com. Moving on, Paul Goldschmidt hit a walk-off grand slam in the 10th inning Monday night, lifting the St. Louis Cardinals 7-3 over the visiting Toronto Blue Jays. It was the first walk-off grand slam in St. Louis since April of 2017 when Matt Carpenter hit one against Toronto. Last night, George Springer homered for the Blue Jays, who fell to 1-2 and two in extra inning play. They'll do it again tonight in St. Louis. It is a 5:45 mountain first pitch. Uh, Centennial Cup here. That's why we're here. We've got to talk about this because it's very important. And we're here thanks to uh, the beautiful city of Estevan and Tim Hortons and Hockey Canada. It's a triple header again today. It's a hockey buffet. I was working out this morning with one of the league commissioners who will remain nameless at this time. And we said it's taken seven days. Was today day six or day seven? The game's got some meat on the bone today. Yes, they do. There's some juice. Yeah. Two undefeated teams meet at Noon Mountain today. You can watch all of these at HockeyCanada.ca. The 3-0 and Pickering Panthers of Pickering, Ontario. And they've got their fans with them. Mm -hmm. You can see them roaming the streets of Estevan with wigs and capes and Panthers jerseys. It's cool. At least one Panthers team's playing. And they're playing the 2-0 and Brooks Bandits, who's supposedly the best team in the tournament. Both teams unbeaten. That's Noon Mountain. And then it's Dauphin versus Flin Flon. And if I may, that's the game you're looking forward to the most. Big time. Let's call it the Bison Battle. The Battle of Manitoba. Yeah. The Bison Battle. Dauphin Kings, Flin Flon Bombers. And then tonight's, frankly, the game that I'm looking forward to. The first one in this one, the, because Longay, Quebec. College de Francais Longay. If I have that right. Yeah. Versus the Red Lake Miners. These are two teams that, if Longay loses 
than the Estevan Bruins are in if they beat Brooks Wednesday night. I know it's tough to follow, but I'm more interested in who loses tonight's game at 7.30 p.m. Mountain. And we'll be here in the luxury suite again, watching hockey all day long, eating pizza and snacks. Yeah. And loving our lives. So, yeah, the game, we got some, we got some energy. If Estevan hadn't won last night, you could be performing the last rites on this entire tournament. Yeah. But they won. And it's the, relief. And both games. Like, the, the, if Pickering beats Brooks, that's one door open. And if Red Lake beats Longay, that's a second door open. So there's some possibilities here for Estevan to get to a playoff. You know, I've, and I've done very well timing-wise here. I got my sixth point. And then we'll break and come back and talk about everything with our viewers. And on the way, Brent Ladd, the president of the Canadian Junior Hockey League in Hour 1. Hour 2, Jason Tatarnik of the host Estevan Bruins. Uh, so point six, the last one in Edmonton last night. Justin Sordiff's goal at 8.03 of overtime ended a roller coaster night of emotions and lifted the Edmonton Oil Kings to a 4-3 win over the Winnipeg Ice. The Ice scored at 16-14 of the third period with less than four minutes to go to take a 3-2 lead. It looked like they were going to go up 2-1 in the series, but then Edmonton's Jalen Lupin scored with a minute 18 to go to force overtime, and then the Oil Kings went on to win it. Dylan Genther and Caden Gooley scored the other Edmonton goals at Rogers Place with Zach Benson. Our guy, Zach Benson. He's 16. Connor McLennan and Jack Finley replied uh, for the Winnipeg Ice. And Denmark beat Canada for the first time in a 3-2 upset win at the World Ice Hockey Championship. Ice hockey. In Finland, Sebastian Dom's 29 saves helped Denmark hold on to stun Canada and move into contention for a place in the quarterfinals. I don't care about the World Hockey Championships unless we're winning. And we lost to Denmark, which is my country, actually. Yeah. So I was, I was in a glass, in a glass case of emotions uh, yesterday when Canada was playing Denmark. When we come back, we'll throw it all on the table and chat with you. The most interactive sports talk show in the world is right here, live from Affinity Place. And we'll be right back. Brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan, City of Estevan, and Tough Tribe for Men. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Rod Peterson, back in Canada. He must be lost. On location, brought to you by the city of Estevan. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The Rod Peterson Show, brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan. And as always, it's great to be here in this business. It's great to be anywhere. And this week's coverage of the Centennial Cup on the RP Show is brought to you in part by Cavendish Farms. Proud supporter of junior hockey across Canada. How about that, mofo? Ring, ring the bell. Brand new sponsor. You guys just casually slid in Cavendish Farms like it was no big deal. It's a very big deal. That's how, we, that's how we're growing, my man. Yes, exactly. Welcome, Cavendish Farms. And we love us some Cavendish Farms. Uh, by the way, I was going through my emails in the break, and I will say it again. You people in the Toronto area, tune in to Global TV Toronto. 
tomorrow I'll be talking CFL strike. So before we get into all the hockey stuff, and I'm ask or continue with the hockey stuff, I'm asking people to uh, give me their predictions on the Stanley Cup playoff games tonight. Mm-hmm. And who the heck was it here? Oh, it was John Ohm. I didn't bring my gong. I left it in Florida. But John Ohm, not a Winnipeg, has predicted the Flames will win in overtime 3-2. Okay. Uh, Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, he's watching. He says, hashtag fire it up. Let's go Flames. The Flames aren't going away quietly. And speaking of Toronto, by the way, Moose, I see over your shoulder, Jeff Pearson, the coach of the 3-0 Pickering Panthers, the former Toronto Maple Leaf. We got to get him on the air. Absolutely. Uh, they are playing at noon Mountain, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch that game on HockeyCanada.ca. So as you see, all kinds of things are going on right now, and I'm up for the discussion of all of it. Uh, Stephen Jacobson's watching in Crosby, North Dakota, just across the line, by the way, and he says, "Big fan of the CFL when they get on the field and play." In all caps, he says, and John. And Edmonton's watching, and he says, preseason or no preseason? Um, I mean, I just want to talk more hockey, but that's what's going on. These guys can't decide if they're playing or not, and I am not a labor relations expert. I just play one on TV. The fact that these guys are on the field right now, despite having verbally agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement, and then voting it down, and then they're practicing, means what? It tells me they're not going to miss any games. Well, Why would they if they're practicing? It tells me that two things. One, it tells me they don't know what they're doing, if they're going to miss games or not. Bingo! But it also tells me that they're working together, which is a good thing. So if they're on the field, they're working together. That means at least they're willing to continue to negotiate. And you know what? We kind of agreed to this in principle, so we're probably not that far off. So let's keep practicing. Let's keep going, whatever. And let's just iron out whatever wrinkles need to be ironed out until we're both happy. If it gets to a point where, you know, the players are being, you know, not negotiating in good faith, you know, the league's like, well, you said this was good, and now you're saying it's bad, like it's not good faith to negotiate like that, then it could get tenacious, and then we could see a strike again. Yeah, well, Tuck is going to sew this up with one last thing and put a big bow on it. With the PR war and the things that people are saying about the players, the fans that are saying through social media, and people are saying they're going to tear up their season tickets and lock the players out, there's that. And then what the owners or their reps are saying against people say, oh, you forget. People are just blown off steam. Yeah. But little things add up to big things. And these consistent PR blemishes add up to big things at the end of the day. So it's not good for the CFL. People will still go to the games and they're going to play, but as far as credibility with a league that's battled that for a long time, this is just (laughs) submarining the league's credibility. That's all that I can say. Now, moving on to a couple other things. There are, of course, two Stanley Cup playoff games tonight. The Carolina Hurricanes are at the New York Rangers. It's 2-1 Hurricanes, but the Rangers probably should be up 2-1 in the series. Don't forget, game one I watched... Back in Florida, the Rangers had a one nothing lead with a minute to go, and they blew it. Hurricanes tied it, came back and won in overtime, similar to what the Oil Kings did to the ice last night. So this one, but that's the series that nobody really cares about. I feel like even Americans are more into the Battle of Alberta than the American series, right? Well, no, no? I, I, don't, I don't think so, because, you know, you look at the ratings, they're really high oh, for that fair. series. You know, and I think... 
it comes back to that little bad blood that was going on with the ticket sales in, in Carolina. Not you know, I think there's a real feud on the that East was Coast. Silly to me. I don't think it's really came all the way. I put just put my hand like right in front of the camera. Um, I, That's okay. You're young. You'll learn. I don't think it's came all the way west. I think it's stayed out on the East Coast. A lot of people out there, so the, the so the ratings go up really high. But it's been it's been wild watching that series. And then you know you got Gerard Gallant really upset with the way the Hurricanes handled the end of that game. And how, you know, the players play, okay. what Tony D'Angelo's been Fair. saying. There's some bad blood there, man. There well, is. Hey, there's reasons to be excited and watch every series, but I just didn't get a sense that they were as into it. And by the way, with the ratings in America, I say bravo, but you don't think it has a lot to do with the fact that games are on ESPN? It has everything to do with that. Right, and more available. You mix availability with a good storyline and you got a home run. Um, Stacy Champagne is watching from Access World TV headquarters and says, timing is terrible for the CFL. That's their responsibility. James in Borden, Manitoba watching says, I hope both the Flames and Oilers lose. That's the great thing about the playoffs is uh, there will be no ties. They will play until there's a winner. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. I feel like this is going to go back and forth all day. The results on this. Who wins game four tonight of the Battle of Alberta? 57% say the Edmonton Oilers. As my mom would say, wouldn't that be a trick? <laughs> if the Oilers go up 3-1 in this series. Oh, man. Um, by the way, the Epoch Times, are you familiar with that newspaper, the Epoch Times? Yeah. The, the right-wing-leaning newspaper. They interviewed me on the Battle of Alberta, and that article's coming out later today, I'm told by them. Tomorrow, their, our poll question spawned a... Yesterday's poll question spawned a story for them at Epoch Times. Is Connor McDavid the most dominant player the NHL has ever seen? You want to take a stab at what the results were on that one yesterday? Probably no wins, but maybe 60-40. 53% said no, he's not the most dominant player the NHL has ever seen. And interesting, um, Alan May, who's become like our best friend. <clears throat> Watch your toes, we're going to drop some names here. But Alan May, the Washington Capitals analyst, says, McDavid's the best, most dominant player now, but not all time. And I'm like, Alan, we can figure that out for ourselves. I'm joking, of course, sort sort of. Bow down to Alan May. But you watch for that article coming out tomorrow on, yeah. uh, in the Epic Times about his Connor McDavid. I don't know if they've written the article that you might actually depend on tonight's game four and see what he does tonight. Yeah, it does. You know, you know and, and you look at dominance versus value versus, you know, all the things that make you the greatest of all time. I think when you look at it as his speed and his skill and. You know, the way he, you know, processes the game so quickly, it is. It's one of the most dominant things we've ever seen. But in terms of being the greatest of all time or being on that list of the of the best NHL players, I don't think I'm with Allen where he hasn't passed Sidney Crosby yet. And maybe he's not close to Crosby yet because of the success Crosby had for wow. such a long period of time and then won and was such a great leader. Connor, there's no sign that's telling us that Connor's not on that exact same trajectory, though. Dude. But this is the discussion. If you took Connor McDavid off these Oilers and plunked him on the 2000s Pittsburgh Penguins, he might have won more Stanley Cups than Sydney. But if yeah. your aunt had nuts, 
She'd be my uncle. Right? And you'd talk about, they'd say that with Martin Brodeur or those Marcel guys. If he, Dayan, if he blah, blah, wasn't blah, blah. playing in New Jersey with that defensive system, he wouldn't be one of the all-time greats. Well, he I is one of the all-time I view greats. it differently, and that is there's never been a team, a player, sorry, in NHL history this. He's making the Calgary Flames look like turnstiles. One of the top five there teams in the NHL. No doubt. So that's what that's I guess what my definition of the most dominant player is individual skills, not team championships. There is a difference. For sure. And you yeah. look at the you know, Pittsburgh, who was Brandon Rust, who was Connor Sheary, who was Jake Gensel? Who were these guys, right? And, and he made Sidney Crosby players. made them household names, got everybody bigger contracts. Is Connor gonna start doing that with all these other oilers? Ryan watching in Toronto on YouTube says, Hey Rod, have you ever been asked to help pump up a team before a big game? You'd give a great pregame speech. I have, and I didn't do a very good job of it. And I said to the coach, I was standing beside him in the dressing room, and he's like, Roddy, you say something to the guys. And I got tongue-tied. Then I had flubbed it. And then we walked out of the room. I said, You want to give me more than five seconds' notice? And I'll give him a Newt Rockney worthy speech. But don't, you want to rally the guys? That's not my job, bro. That's your job. That actually happened. <laughs> so don't ask. Um, from Boss Split, watching on YouTube, says the cup doesn't determine skill set. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's not about Stanley Cup rings. It's about, to me, individual skill. But certainly fun to debate. By the way, before we break... Breaking news, if you, if I can. It's not really news, but I spoke with the Barry Trotz camp today. He has not joined the Winnipeg Jets. So where did we get the scoop from yesterday that he was joining the Winnipeg Jets? False fake news, Big man. Fake. You are good. fake news. I talked to the Trotz camp. He's not, not necessarily, like he's not that he's not going to Winnipeg, but he hasn't agreed to anything yet. And that kind of... So, if Alan May collected on that bet of $100 from his buddy, he's going to have to give it back for now. Yeah. And then the other one was, you know, does Trotz go to Las Vegas? Last night up in that suite, somebody said to me, uh, hey, Rod, who is really running the Vegas Golden Knights? Do you actually think Kelly McCrimmon's really running the Vegas Golden Knights? That was the discussion. Like I say, it's all hockey all day, 24-7 here, and I'm here for it. And I said, well, if it's not Kelly McCrimmon, I'd love to know who it is. Fair? Yeah. I don't know if you were part of that conversation. I was But I said, all these moves have Kelly's fingerprints all over them. They smell like what Kelly does. How does Kelly be a part of an organization and, and not, not have all the shots? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I believe Kelly McCrimmon's in charge of the Vegas Golden Knights. And what's going on there and has gone on there is on him. But he, that he's okay with that. That's the way Kelly rolls. Arlen Bruce III is watching right now. Should be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. He says, number one, Evander Kane goes for two goals tonight, and McDavid scores one goal. Oilers win. He says, don't judge me. <laughs> no, I'm not. I asked you for a prediction. He says the Oilers will win. Kane I scores like two, it. and McDa uh, McDavid scores one. Like He's getting fancy with this prediction. Moose, I'll see you next hour. You bet. Brent Ladd. The president of the Canadian Junior Hockey League joins us now. Very excited to chat with him. You're watching live from Centennial Cup, presented by Power Dodge, Estevan, the RP show on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
The Rod Peterson Show, live from Estevan, is presented in part by the award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. On location at the 2022 Centennial Cup. Brought to you by the city of Estevan. You're looking live at Affinity Place, the place to be. Another triple header today beginning at noon mountain, and we'll run down the games in a minute. But this week's coverage of the Centennial Cup also brought to you in part by Cavendish Farms, proud supporter of junior hockey across Canada, and Power Dodge Esteban. And who better to talk about junior A hockey than the president of the entire Canadian Junior Hockey League, Brent Ladd, joins us, and a guy that I've known for a few years now. I was searching you out the other day at the rink, Brad. Brent, always good to see you what a great week it's been yes it has been rod and thanks for your support of uh, junior a program across canada i know i follow your uh, program and uh, i i learned from it oh okay. <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that hey so today's the first day you tell me if i'm wrong and i know you will we got some games here that have some real meat on the bone like every single one today there's some intrigue to it in the triple header yeah and uh you know uh, i think for the the teams that have uh, you know been successful to date uh, the um, pot of goal at the end of the rainbow right now is first place so that they can get that buy out of the quarterfinals and, and get into the semifinals and save some couple of days, some competition. Uh, there's a couple of teams that are um, looking to qualify to get into yeah. the quarterfinals. So uh, it's going to be an interesting day. Tell our viewers, if you don't mind, and of course all the games can be watched at HockeyCanada.ca, how this format this year is different than, if I'm not mistaken, ever before. Uh, or yeah. a long time anyways. Again, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, you're never <laughs> thank wrong. Thank you. Right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Commissioners, they're all the same, right? Yeah. Presidents. Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, I, I've, I've said on a couple of occasions that as bad as you know things were going through the pandemic, there were some good things that evolved. Uh, one of the things was uh, Zoom calls. We used to meet as a board because of cost and everything, uh, maybe two or three times a year, and. Uh, uh, through the pandemic, we discovered, discovered Zoom, and, and we were meeting monthly, you know, and, and so that was sort of one of the good offshoots. But uh, what happened um, is that traditionally we have five teams at this event. We have regional championships, and we gravitate into uh, the national championship with four teams and a host. And um, going into the, this event this year in January, we were prepared to do the same thing. But we, uh, across the spectrum nationally, we had, we had an imbalance because uh, the teams east of the Manitoba, Ontario border were in shutdown again because of the right. pandemic. Uh, west of that border, uh, they were playing their schedule and they had interruptions. They, it wasn't, you know, wasn't 100%, they had interruptions, but by and large, you know, unscathed. And it appeared that we might be heading for no national championship game uh, again this year. And we didn't want to do that. For a couple of reasons, you know, obviously the profile uh, that would make three years we haven't had one, and we have a new sponsor that took this on three years ago and hasn't had a chance to come out and present a trophy. You know? Yeah, so those things were important to us, and um, uh, with the assistance of Hockey Canada, and I, I want to tell you, the people of Hockey Canada have just been absolutely terrific to us, and uh, you know, both in the preparation stages and here on site. Um, they came up with the idea and said, you know, is it possible that we could have all the league champions 
at the event. And uh, we said, well, that's that's really off the wall. And uh, the first call you better make is to Esteban to find out, you know. If they could do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whether the infra- infrastructure will support it. And so um, they made a call, gave them, I think it was seven to ten days to get back with an answer. And they got back to us. And, uh, and lo and behold, they said, yeah, yeah, we can do it, you know. And so what you did was just kind of almost double your expense, almost double your, your workload. And um, and then there was the sort of added considerations of, you know, can we do it in one rink? Can we, do we need two rinks? Uh, how many games a day can we do it uh, and, and make sure we have good ice? And because uh, I know we ran into a problem a few years back in Chilliwack, you know, yeah, weather, got really, real, weather got really warm and, uh, and we were only playing two games a day then. And anyway, everyone made a commitment, and then we had to go back to our Western Leagues and said, you guys okay with this? We, you know, cancel regionals. And there was, there was um, sites in the East that had, you know, put a lot of work into getting ready to host regional championships. And, uh, and, and those particular sites, like Summerside and Red Lake, um, probably some disappointment there. And in retrospect, you see what's going on with the roadways and that in, uh, up in northern Ontario and how we had to scramble to get Red Lake here because of the road washouts. Uh, I think if we had 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 the Dudley Hewitt Cup up there at the time that was prescribed, uh, I think there'd be three teams still up there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, long story short, uh, you know the um, uh, the host committee came back and said, "Yeah, we can do it." And then there was a lot of planning that went into it, and we said, "I think this is going to be a good experience." And uh, part of the thinking, at least on my part, was that. For that period of time that we're here, we've got the whole nation involved in this, and we've got interest across the board. Uh, quite often what happens after regional championships, regions get eliminated and interest gets eliminated, yep. you know. And so there's heavy interest on, on the part of the regions where they have uh, teams competing here. Uh, but in those other regions, they get on and start thinking about next season. So uh, hopefully we've got, uh, you know, we've got nine leagues here and... Uh, Nine geographic footprints across Canada that are interesting. I what hope their teams it continues. Doing. Yes, because yeah. you have fans, like you say, every team has brought their fans, yeah. and uh, but I know not every junior A market could do it. I guess Devan's a special place. It's clearly a special building. So I yeah. guess you got your work cut out for you. But that's why you're the president. Well, listen, it's, it's, <laughs> we get a lot of help. Like the the uh, governors around our table, the commissioners from our leagues, they're they're so hockey savvy and they're so prepared to do what's good for the program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times they've got to go back and sell to their governors and explain why it's important to move forward in, different, uh, in a different direction. And uh, so we're talking uh, our host site for next year is Portage. And um, uh, they've, uh, they've either been here or they're coming in uh, this week to uh, take a look. And uh, at first uh, uh, brush, they said, yeah, we think we can do it too. So I think uh, within a time frame, we... we put a couple of these together and evaluate is this a good direction for us the other thing i think that's really good is that leagues that traditionally are not at this event have an opportunity to grow from it you know they come here they compete and they say yeah we're good in our league but boy we got to get a lot better uh and uh, and that's a conversation they have when they go home you know well i was looking up red lake ontario on the map the other day i i hadn't heard of it that's the other thing you talk about you learning i'm learning yeah and uh they got beat last night against a team that had to win, mm-hmm. and Red Lake never quit. You saw the game, yeah. and I'm like, I'm so proud of them, and I don't even know them, but they're yeah. they're champions of their league. Everybody here is champions, yeah. and it's kind of tough to see them lose, but I was proud of them. They yeah. worked hard. Yeah, they did, and um, and I think that's a conversation that that league will have when they go home and say, look, uh, we went there, we competed, and, uh, you know, anything ha- happened in, when, when you compete, and the, and the 
beauty of this format is that we board it from the World Junior Championships. And, um, you know, if you come in and lose your first game, uh, all is not lost, you know. You can come back into this, you know. Yeah, well, there were some pretty long faces for the team that lost two, and that's the host yeah. team. But I'm very happy for them. And uh, there's just a lot of tremendous storylines as it's unfolded. And we only have a couple minutes here, but I think you've noticed there's alumni come back for the Bruins. This has been like a reunion thing. And now there's guys changing their flights to stay longer, which is exactly what you'd want. Absolutely. Right? And, you, and you hope that, uh, you know, the economical impact in the community uh, is, um, is sufficient enough to create interest outside of, uh, of Estevan, you know, for years to come. And you mentioned this being a very special building. It is a special building. And we have to sit down and say, okay, if we uh, continue with this format, uh, how many communities do we eliminate from that possibility? Or do we twin communities, you know, in close proximity? I have very strong familiarity with, you know, with Ontario, Southern Ontario, yeah. where I was president for years. And, uh, you know, there's geographic areas there where, you know, we could we could twin this in two or three communities, you know, and within short distances of each other and uh, and uh, and make it work. And and then there, there there's other communities where this there's other Estevans, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just as before I let you go, you had some some kudos or some thank yous you wanted to throw out. Yeah, I just want to uh, uh, thank the, the host committee here for all the work they've done and the volunteers that have been on site and. Uh, They've been nothing but gracious and uh, welcoming, and uh, this this whole community should be very, very proud of what they accomplished. Absolutely, right, and it's just ramping up. Yeah. Brent, uh, you do a great job. I was always happy to see you here, and uh, maybe we can do it again before the week's out. Absolutely. The president of the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Brent Ladd. The Moose will be back after this. Coming up in Hour 2, Jason Tatarnik, the head coach and GM of the host Esteban Bruins. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. We're live streaming on YouTube. And, of course, if you missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. The Rod Peterson Show, live from the 2022 Centennial Cup, proudly presented by the city of Esteban, Saskatchewan. And by award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is a Taco Tuesday here at the Centennial Cup as we move into Taco Time viewer takeover. And we do have a lot of great comments from our viewers. But your biggest question is, with $2 tacos at the over 120 Taco Times across Canada, hard or soft shell beef or veggie? I'll leave it up to you to decide on this Taco Tuesday. Um... I'm going to actually jump into a sports update, but I want to read a couple of questions here. Jeff Caldwell is watching in Redmond, Oregon, and he says, I've been anticipating watching the CFL preseason games this week. No USFL for me. I don't know how much longer I can wait. Well, I guess the CFL owners and players are gambling that you will wait. And as it stands now, nothing's been called off other than Monday's game yesterday that was postponed or moved to May 31st. So as it stands right now, nothing's been canceled. Chris in Surrey, B.C. is watching on Game Plus Television, and he says, do you guys know why the B.C. Hockey League champion is not at the Centennial Cup? It's because they don't want to be. A year ago, the B.C. Hockey League, uh, maybe two years ago now, notified Hockey Canada of their intention to leave 
the CJHL umbrella, and they did. And they're their own league. Believe me, it's been talked about a lot here this week why the BC League is not here, but they don't want to be here. They're their own league, and they want to reportedly become a Canadian division of the United States Hockey League. So <clears throat> discuss that amongst yourselves. Sports update, two more one-goal games on the weekend, including an OT thriller in a postseason full of them, have pushed the number one overall seed Buffalo Bandits into the National Lacrosse League Finals and set up a winner-take-all Western Conference Final between San Diego and Colorado this Saturday night. The Buffalo Bandits edged the Toronto Rock 10-9 in Toronto to win their series two games to none. In the other series, that was the East Final, in the West Final, after falling at home to the Colorado Mammoth last week, the San Diego Seals rebounded for an 11-10 overtime win on Sunday. And uh, it was Dane Dobby scoring in overtime for the winner. So it goes to the Game 3 of the Best of 3 West Conference Final. It will be this Saturday night, San Diego and Colorado, and the game can be watched on TSN and ESPN+. The Battle of Alberta continues tonight in Edmonton with the host Oilers looking to take a 3-1 lead in that second-round Stanley Cup playoff series. Flames acknowledging that if they can't stop Connor McDavid, it could be a shorter-than-expected series. McDavid has racked up 23 points in 10 playoff games this spring. New York Rangers look to even their best-of-seven series with the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 4 tonight. The winner of the series moves on to face the Tampa Bay Lightning, who finished off a sweep of the Florida Panthers with a 2-0 win last night at Amelie Arena. Tampa bidding to become the first team in 40 years to capture three straight Stanley Cup titles. Uh, the start of the CFL preseason is once again in doubt after players voted against ratifying the tentative deal reached last Wednesday between the league and the players. The two sides had reached the tentative seven-year agreement four days after players with seven of the league's nine teams went on strike. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute of play. At issue is contract language surrounding the league's Canadian player ratio. And the Toronto Blue Jays try to shake off Monday's 7-3 loss as they play the second game of their two-game set with the Cardinals in St. Louis tonight. Toronto sends fireballer Kevin Gosman to the mound against Cardinals pitcher Jordan Hicks. Gosman is fifth in the American League in strikeouts with 57 Ks in eight starts for the Jays. This sports day uh, update brought to you by the Tap Brewhouse and Drive Through Liquor Store for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. And as I look at this, what was the text from Ricky Regina? Ballers, now your official home of spring indoor slow pitch. Oh, slow pitch teams come in after your games to Ballers Rec Room, Saskatchewan's newest entertainment destination. <laughs> Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.